Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Awesome. How good is that? Presents for everyone. I'll tell you what, that wasn't planned, but the title of my sermon is The Greatest Gift. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's, there's, a, there's something amazing about Christmas. There really is. And yet, despite all the, you know, the twos and fours and the back and forths that happen about Christmas you know, in our society, there's something just so special about that day. There's something special about this time of year. It, there's, there's a shift. There's a, it, like, you know, whether they're totally unreligious or if they're absolute believers, there's a shift that happens in us. There's something exciting about it. There's something that, that stirs within us during this time. And even though we know it's not the exact day Jesus was born, we don't know that. But it comes, there's this point of being able to celebrate our Saviour, which is just incredible. And, um, you know, there's something about pausing and stopping and, and, and spending some time with family and friends and getting around a meal that just, it creates something within us. And um, I know for me, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, I, I enjoyed the gifts, you know, and you, know, you saw the kids there. There's it something cool about watching kids open up presents. I know as a, as, a, as a parent now, Christmas isn't so much about me getting gifts. I just love seeing my kids open up gifts because it's just it's such joy that they have when they go, oh, wow, I, I get to open up these things. But for me growing up, one of the things that I, I guess, really remember and really um, hold on to is that it was the one day of the year that my brothers were nice to me. <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know if, if mum and dad gave them a grilling the day, you know, Christmas Eve, saying, you've got to be nice, you can't, can't fight, you can't whatever. I'm not sure if that was the case or they just, you know, we had great parents and I think we were just well trained that, you know, come Christmas there was something special about it. But growing up with two older brothers who used to inflict great pain on me and enjoyed inflicting pain on me, you know, come Christmas Day it would just pause. And we would all get along and we would all hang out and we would just have a great day together. And then come Boxing Day, they were into me. No. <laughs> but, um, but that's what I remember. So the presents were great, but there was something about just the day that just stirred up a different spirit and a different attitude within us, which is just really, really, really cool. But also I want to acknowledge, you know, I do understand that, you know, Christmas can be tough. And please remember those around you. you, know, you know, I'm sure everyone's probably got someone in their world that you sort of think, you know, I know Christmas could be tough for them for this year. So I encourage you, remember them. Send them that message. Send them that, give them that phone call, whatever it is. You know, don't forget about the people that could be doing it tough, you know, whether it's because they're separate from family, whether it's because of a lost one over the year. Whatever the reason, reach out. Make sure they don't feel that they're left alone this Christmas. Um, yeah, and sometimes people get a bit funny about the whole idea of gifts. And um, I thought I'd you know, have, have a quick look at what, what the articles were saying about um, our spending this year. And well, one of the more recent articles I've, uh, gave an estimate that over $51 billion will be spent across retail stores in Australia this year, which is a huge figure when you think of it. And, you know, and we could get a bit you know, scroogey, whereas Steve over that and sort of go, oh, you know, well, maybe dollars should be spent differently and all that sort of thing. But that, that's not what we're about. There is just something special about buying a present, putting it under the tree and watching people open it. 
And there is something special about giving those presents and seeing those presents received, and especially by kids. There's just something, that joy that just stirs up in people when they open a present. The giving of gifts, you know, there is an origin to it. And obviously, you know, in the nativity story, we see the first gifts given to Jesus by the, by the wise man. And there's also the original story of St. Nicholas, you know, uh, Father Christmas or Santa Claus in that regard, you know, is built off this original character. Uh, what's his name? St. Nicholas of Myra, who actually started to drop bags of money through people's windows um, that he acknowledged that they needed help. But there is something about the gift. And today I do want to have a talk about the, this greatest gift and I know in church we can, you know, everyone sort of knows the right answer. I could sort of say, you know, what is the greatest gift? Oh, Jesus. But let's, let's go deeper with that. Let's go a bit further with that. You know, because for me, when I started sort of, you know, pulling this apart and just going, you know, well, well, what is it? What is this great gift? Why is it a great gift? And when I started to sort of really dwell on it, you know, the giving of a gift is in a sense, it's, it's love in action, isn't it? It's, it's an active step of love of saying, no, I appreciate you, I love you, I, I cherish you, and I want to give you something, something for myself, something I've sacrificed for, something I've worked for, something I've, I've done with my own hands. Whatever the, the background of it doesn't matter, but it's something from you to another. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. It is the, is the epitome of, of love in action. And, you know, Jesus spoke a lot about the love of God. He spoke about it, a lot of his love for, for the people around him. And I'll tell you what, if you want to, I guess, do a study of the love of God, and we could fill a, you know, a year of Sundays with, with just talking about the love of God because it's all through Scripture. But I'll tell you what, can't go past John. You know, I was, you know, putting this together and having a good thing about it. I thought, you know, you could almost say John was the first hippie. He was, it was all about the love. All about the love, you know, without the drugs and rock and roll. But, you know, when, 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 you, read, when you read the, the book of John and when you read his letters, you know, he just, he just captured that so well. He understood it. He, he, there was something that he just grabbed a hold of and said, no, this is, this is the crux of it. This is the, the, the base element of what this story of Jesus is about. And, you know, we could all... In church, and whether you're new to church or older church, I'm sure at some point in your story, the fact is it's been put up on billboards at times. John 3.16. You know, if anyone sort of said, you know, give me a Bible verse, I'd probably be able to give you that one. But John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And I'm sure there's a lot of us here that could recite that. But that, that statement, for God so loved the world, you know, that's, that's a big statement. It's pretty broad to sort of say God loves the world. He loves everyone. But I love how Jesus has made it very personal at times as well. Um, in John 15, 13, Jesus laid it out really what the greatest act of love is. He says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Yeah, I just love how intimate that is, how, how personal that is. He's sort of saying, no, push comes a shove. If you want to give the greatest gift, it's life. It's life. To give your life for another would just be the epitome of love in action, correct? 
And a side note as I was sort of dwelling on it, and that verse has been sitting with me this whole sort of Christmas season and, and in part this is sort of the side note that I, I was really felt to, to share, I guess. It's not the main point of what I'm wanting to say today, but, you know, if at all possible over this period, if you have the opportunity to thank those people in our society and in our community that do put their life before us, you know, our policemen, our ambos, our, our firemen, our SES, you know, anyone in the military, things like that, those people that actually go, no, at times, it's not like they're doing it every day, but there's moments in, 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 in that role, in that service to their, to their community, where they're putting their life before ours. And I'll tell you what, that's worth praising. That's worth giving thanks for. So I encourage you this Christmas, if you, if you do get that chance, give them a big, big high five, a big thank you, and just say, look, I really do appreciate the, the sacrifices you guys make. You know, John learnt this greatest gift. He learnt what it was, and he, he spoke about it so... So clearly. So what I want you to do, if you do have your Bible, flick open to 1 John 9. So, you know, John not only wrote the Gospel of John, but he also wrote some letters there. And it's interesting, when you sort of pair them together, you can see very clearly that it is the same author because he just uses the same language, the same sort of imagery. And, yeah, his focus is very much on the love of God. So a bit of background on these letters, you know, the letters of John, they weren't clearly written to a particular church, but they do know that John in his senior years was actually overseeing churches over in the Ephesus sort of region. Um, so in his old age, he was still harping on this thing. So, you know, he would have been quite young when he was walking with Jesus, but he picked up on something and right into his old age, he sort of said, no, this is the point. This is the, the main thing. So 1 John chapter 4 Verses 9, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so I'm not sure if the screen's going to be similar or slightly different. But God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Now, when you read that, and you know, I can imagine John writing this and you know, speaking this when he had the opportunity. I could imagine this eagerness in him and this, this, this angst in him. So I was saying, come on, do you get it? Do you get it? You know, that God's love is what saves us. It's God's love that he gave his son. And if we understand that, if we get that, you know, surely we can love each other. Surely we, you know, it's the least we can do. If we've been loved that much, that we can demonstrate that and mirror that back to those around us. And I love how you know, it finished there. You know, like that, when we understand that, when we get that, when we know that, the full expression of God's love is visible in us. And, you know, back in the book of John in uh, chapters 13 to uh, verse 35, he says, you know, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, we'll be, we'll be known by the love that we have for, for, for each other. And I can't just see, you know, John just sort of saying, you know, if you only knew, if you only understood what was going on here, if you only knew who we're talking about here, if you only knew. Let's go to another character in it. In our Bible, Paul. 
Now, Paul had a very unique conversion, very unique role in the early church. You know, he's, he's the apostle that didn't physically walk with Jesus, but some consider him the greatest apostle because of his, just his understanding of who Jesus was and what Jesus did for us. And when you look at the fact that the, the New Testament is majority Paul's writings, you know, there was something there about his understanding, his grasp of what Jesus was about and what he was here to do that just made sense, that, that connected, that, that God inspired for us to understand Jesus and understand what it looked like after his life. So Paul knew this gift. He knew this greatest gift and he actually started to use that wording. He, he, he uses it not only in Romans where we're going to have a look, but in a number of the books he talks about the gift, that it's a great gift that God has given us. So again, if you do have your Bibles, Romans 5, a bit of flicking back and forth a little bit today, but Again, I want you to not only read the words, but hear the attitude, hear the voice of the, of, of the person writing this and their understanding of this. Because I tell you what, they're saying, if you only knew, if you only understood this, it would change your life. Romans 5 verse 15. It says, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Verse 16. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the results from one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. It will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. You know, Paul just had this way of being able to grab, I believe, really quite complex ideas and quite out there sort of theological sort of thoughts and really quite simplify them. I know some people sort of go, oh, you know, Paul's writings were were hard to grab at times. But I'll tell you what, for me, it, it just makes sense. It's almost one plus one equals two for me when I, when I read through the New Testament. It just, it fits. Especially when you look at this context here of, you know, Adam sinned, broke us all, broke humanity, broke the relationship with God. So if it took one man to do that, it's only going to take one man to correct it. Jesus Christ. It just makes sense in my mind. But Paul understood that what Jesus did was a gift. It wasn't something that he was forced to do. It wasn't something that, you know, he just had to do because it was his job. No, it was a gift. It was something he willingly, openly chose to do for each of us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We couldn't afford it. It had to be given as a gift. You know, Ephesians 2.8 talks about that, you know, this grace that we are saved by. It's not something we could ever boast about because it was a gift from God. In the same chapter, Paul sort of says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Paul understood and again, if you could imagine that if it was Paul up here speaking these words to us, he would be adamant. He would be saying, come on, 
Do you get it? Do you understand? If you only knew how great this gift is, if you only knew what this meant, if you only knew how much this could change your life, you'll be biting at the bit. And, you know, I know for myself there's been moments when I've been sharing, you know, the story of Jesus with someone and it gets to that point where I've run out of words. I'm just like, if you could just get it, if you just understood, if you just realised and had the experience of God's love the way I have, it would change your life. And I guess to finish, let's look at how Jesus was responding to this idea of him being a gift. And you don't really need to turn your Bibles to this one. It should come up on the screen, I think. It's John 4.10. You know, here's, here's Jesus. He's midway through a journey. He would have been tired. He was sick of his disciples, so he sent them into the, the, the town to go get lunch. And he's just sitting having a rest. But then this lady comes up to the well and starts to draw water. And I tell you what, he couldn't help himself. He was just like, oh, another one. You know? He was ready. He was just like, nah, come on. And he says in you know, verse 10 where you know, he, he, he asks for water. And the lady says, oh, well, you, know, you don't have a bucket. But he goes, if you only knew. If you only knew who it was who was speaking to, if you only knew who I am, you would have asked me to give you living water. If you only knew. And I could imagine Jesus getting quite animated here, you know, you're sort of thinking, you only realised, look at me. <laughs> I am that gift. I am that greatest good, that that." that amazing thing that's going to change your life, this living water, this living bread. I am he. I am that. He would have been bursting out of his skin just wanting to scream it from the rooftops or saying, no, if you only knew. This amazing gift goes beyond words. It's action. It's that love in action. It's that gift that changes lives. And you know, John, you know, he discovered this. He discovered this and he wrote with such vivid language and descriptions of love that just screams at us, if you only knew. And you know, Paul discovered this and so he, you know, in his way, he decrypted scripture and he you know, un unraveled the mysteries of faith in such eloquence and simplicity because he knew and at the same time wanting to scream, if you only knew this greatest gift. And as I said, you know, I've, I've felt that at times. Like there's this one particular uh, fella in Cooma before we left to, to move down the coast here who we were starting to really interact with just, and he lived just across from the church and he was going through a whole heap of physical and spiritual sort of um, just issues, major, major things. And I would sit with him and I sat with him for hours and we'd pull apart things and I'd give him scripture and I'd show him things and it just got to that same point where I was just like, if you just got it, if you only opened your eyes and realised and opened your heart that Jesus is going to transform you. You don't need all this other stuff. You don't need the money. You don't need the, the, the drugs and the alcohol. You don't need all these other things to get into alignment and, and to, to fulfil your life. If you only realise that Jesus is all you need to get life going. If you only knew. So I encourage you this Christmas. 
You know, enjoy it. Make the most of it. You know, enjoy the food. Enjoy the, the time with family and friends. Enjoy the gifts. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm no Scrooge. I don't think I'll ever stop doing Christmas. And, you know, all the debates that, that happen, I hear them and I understand them. But I tell you what, there's something about celebrating. There's something about giving a gift to one another that just stirs a joy, that stirs a love that no other action really does. And I'll tell you what, you know, I think Christmas should be every day in that regard. We should always be willing to give. We should be always willing to, to show that love and give that love in action to people around us. So this Christmas, get a bit childlike. Not only about your own gifts, but get a bit childlike about this gift of Jesus that you've been given. Get excited about it. Get that joy welling up within you that you're just bursting at the seams saying, if you only knew. If you only knew. And I'll tell you what, if you can start to love God that way, when you start to interact with people this way, they're going to see it. They're going to get it. They're going to start to go, what is it? And you're going to go, let me tell you, (laughs) because I want you to know. Amen? Church, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you that we can gather together as families, as friends, as church, to celebrate you, to celebrate your birth and the great gift that you are to us and to everyone around us, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that this Christmas, Lord God, that we not only remember those around us, that we you know, don't, don't forget those that might be feeling lonely and things like that. I pray, Lord God, that we remember you. We remember the, the joy and the excitement that we can have in you. I pray, Lord God, that that never grows dull, that that never dims in our lives, Lord God, that that, that excitement and that joy that you bring to us, Lord God, is a shining light to anyone around us. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, for all you've done. Thank you for this church. I thank you for this people. And I ask, Lord God, that you just protect them, keep them safe as they travel and wherever they go for, for this time, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that there is just opportunity to show your love and your joy to all those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Podcast. Jesus, my love, my God, there's nobody.